Hello and welcome to the Just Two Mediums podcast. With your host Brittany, an aspiring spirit baby medium. And I'm your co-host Katrina, a practicing medical medium. Together, we are your podcast, Just Two Mediums. We are on a journey to unfolding our mediumship, motherhood and navigating our soul work with you. And now, let's jump straight into the episode. So, Katrina, how are you feeling this second pregnancy? You must be getting close now. <gasps> yeah, 10 weeks to go. Oh, my I think goodness. I might even be 31 weeks this week. Wow. Isn't it funny that you sort of like probably your first child, like you count and count and count, and then you're like, yeah, this many weeks, and then your second child, you're just like, life is so busy. Like, I don't even like how many know how, 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 how many weeks am I actually? Um, so very much in the third trimester. <laughs> That's really exciting. I feel like for me, it's gone fast. I don't know how you feel, but. Well, I just got kicked about three times, oh. so I feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely know there's a child in there. Yeah, it's- Kicking into that 30 weeks last week started really honing in on what I needed and we have the nursery ready because it's super easy. We just put the cop back in. <laughs> yeah, you've already got the stuff, so. And um, so things like you know, order a docker tot because I sold everything <laughs> except the cot and the pram. <laughs> Do you think that you sold everything because you were like, I don't need that anymore? Oh, or- yeah, I remember that point where I'm, like, I'm done. Yeah. Get rid of everything. Get it out of my house. Just go. And now I'm like, oh, I wish I just kept that in the garage. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just store it somewhere, put it in a cupboard, shove it in there until you maybe. So many people it. said, but it's okay. So, yeah, thinking about those things is really interesting. But what I've really done to prepare this time is – I guess reflecting on my journey over the last two years is I've done really different things. I've done really intuitive things. So um, preparing firstly, I thought, okay, like I need to find out a little bit more information. Obviously I have a connection with her. She's told me her name. She's been very clear about things, but your children are always a bit of your blind sight. So it's always good to have that insight to to just confirm. Yeah. Uh, so I connected with Jess McKeown, cool. uh, the spirit baby, spirit baby medium. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, and she's helped me before with Gabriella. So it was like it was really beautiful to connect with her again. And uh, firstly I asked her, oh, like she's given me this name and I just want to know is that the name she wants? Yeah. Is it definitely where she's at? And her reply was, well, where do you think it came from? Oh, and wow. that was her yeah. reply. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's how clear she is. Where do you think it came from? <laughs> and uh, when I get the message from her, it's like, my name is. Oh, she's very clear. Very clear. So that was uh, really reassuring. Yeah. And then we could go on to talk about things, her like a color, the color of her aura, the color she resonates with, which are already colors. My mum have knit, my mum has knitted her this beautiful cot blanket. Mm, lovely. And they're the same colors. That's her, the color of her aura. Oh my goodness, she must have known. So it's already, and my mum was like, yeah, I had to go and get that particular colour. So that's amazing. That's so sweet. It's beautiful kind of aqua teal colour with gold. Oh, so lovely. beautiful. So I'm, I'm using that energy as well uh, in, in my daily sort of integration. Yeah. So that's really nice. And then really important things to expect, questions I had of, you know, like we all go through, how do we feed our child? Are they going to be able to feed? Mm. What do I need to prepare for her? What can I prepare for her so that this is an easier transition? Yeah. Um, having a great awareness of the difficulties of feeding our first child had, is there a tongue and lip tie? Do I need to prepare for something like that? Is it a, you know, yeah, that's the gluten so and dairy-free so yeah, diet, I, I know. breastfeeding. Well, and, I've been there. <laughs> oh, yeah, so it's that it's nice to have a little bit of 
preparedness about that. Yeah. And just for your mindset even. So were you able to get insights into that? Yeah. And it's amazing that in a ultrasound, I actually seen her lips mm-hmm. and I've paid quite good attention thinking they look exactly the same. So there is this awareness there could be or likely is. Same as your other daughter? Yeah, Yeah. a tongue and lip tie and that there is a healing journey that needs to occur when she arrives, Mm. which was amazing because we went through that already. So we can prepare appointments with the lactation consultant, the craniosacral therapist. So instead of just going in and getting it cut, uh, some of the preparedness and work we did with Gabriella for the healing journey was Mm. kinesiology, Craniosacral therapy, Bowen therapy, uh, chiropractic, chiropractic yeah. um, and then some home exercises and some work with the lactation consultant. And together with that collective, we were able to do the healing work mm. and have her in a position where she was very strong to have the tongue and lip tie cut. Yeah. So Adeline also had the tongue and lip tie as well. So our journey, journey in that, yeah, and it's it's really hard actually when you have a child that needs that done, it, especially for your first child and you have no idea what to expect and they're so little and you're sending them off for this procedure and you're like, what's going to happen? Yeah. And so I really wanted to make sure that what we were doing was the right or the best option for her at the time. Yeah. Understanding now that the speech delay, the potential ability not to be able to pronounce, the mm. teeth decay. Yeah. If your tongue can't reach around all your teeth, it can't keep cleaning them and then you have that possible risk very early in life of having those infections in your teeth that aren't necessary. So those seems Yeah, and I to think me- it's even like um, just, yeah, delays in like development. If, if they have a tie and they don't get it fixed. Headaches, and, yeah. neck problems. Yeah. The benefits certainly outweighed. Yeah, I agree. I did a lot of research into that too and I, I felt like it, it was beneficial to get it done. And like just having trouble feeding yeah. a baby with a little mouth, like it's really hard. You want you want them to get all the nutrition that they need and they can't just they can't feed. No, and it puts a lot of pressure then to pump, to have breast milk available. Stressful. Oh, it's a big journey. Yeah. So very grateful for that information. But how amazing is that to have to be able to have that awareness like this early on and you can just put it all into motion, yeah. get her seen, you know, straight away. And there was so much information that Jess could provide. And I've also reached out to my mentor, who's extremely intuitive as well, mm-hmm. who's been able to give me some insights on personality traits. And Jess also did. So yeah. things like she's going to like to be outside to calm her. She's a very earthing baby. So under 36 months, you might see her a little bit fussy uh, and at those times to support her go put her outside on a blanket and she'll calm. Oh, wow. Whereas my first child put her in the bath with water and yes, she'll calm. yeah. Like to not have to work that out. I know, it just helps so much. And maybe it'll work today and it won't tomorrow. I'm open to that. But I'm very grateful to have this new insight on a way to prepare that I didn't have last time and to share that with other parents to say, hey, this is available. Like we're in 2023, baby, and this is available. I know. I mean, give me a call. That's it. (laughs) There's so much more that you can learn now. Like you don't have to just suffer through it or you can get knowledge anywhere. Yes, they are a vessel. And even though they can't speak, you can, as a mum, grow to connect in and get that information from them and use the resources you have around. Absolutely. To help them. Yeah, definitely. Like transitioning to where they need to go to get the best support. It's everything available to us today. 
Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't know, it's all very exciting. And I'm really looking forward to starting acupuncture again next week. So 32 weeks, you can start acupuncture again. It's something I did to support my body last journey. Yeah. And I really felt that I reaped the benefits of that support. So what exactly does acupuncture do at this stage? Well, there's a point where you can't have it. Like after, I can't remember when I stopped having it, but like after a certain point, you just for risk benefits, like don't have it. Because it will put you into labor or? Uh, I just, I don't really know. Like maybe, I mean, you have to obviously go to it for that, but you can go and get like inducted through acupuncture. Oh, okay. But you you don't actually, your body doesn't actually go into labor until it's ready. Whereas like if you get a proper or a medical induction, you're being forced into it. Yeah, it's not like right. that. No, mm. it just opens the flow of meridian. So it starts to support your body, uh, life force, chi, and opening up different meridians to prepare for labor. I remember I did it, I think, three or four times before my last one. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely felt that I've also the first one's a bit harder to get going. So yeah, that's right. I felt that support. And I'm keen. I've missed it. Yeah, it sounds really good, so actually. So going back at 32 weeks, I'm really excited to see my acupuncturist do. it's <laughs> also really relaxing and I feel like that's oh, yeah. what you need. Uh, what am I really time? going for? Yeah. I'm going to get some beautiful needles put in me and feel really supercharged. Maybe have a secret little sleep too, and you know, see what like happens. 20 to 30 minutes on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and then after pregnancy last time, I definitely used it as a big postpartum support. Yes. Um, lots of gua sha, I think they call it, on your back where they're like scraping your back. Oh, Because when you're cool. breastfeeding and trying to pump and yeah, your shoulders. And, they sort of all hunch in, the don't stress. they? Like your shoulders on your ears. Yeah, and that's. I think you need like, you do need a lot of like body work as well. So either like chiropractic work or something for yourself too because you are, like the positioning you get yourself into when you're breastfeeding. Yeah, yeah. I think even bottle feeding really because you're and still just, in that just the general anxiety and just and like stress. holding your child or anything yeah uh so i'm looking forward to that support following the journey so i'm sort of starting that postpartum support at 32 weeks and processing through this I'll, is I'll exciting for, you know a, a fair while afterwards yeah just a, as specifically obviously coming from that kinesiology background the meridians like mm. the acupuncture can just open up those power lines those meridians get the flow of energy and i remember how much my life force points hurt as I was, you know, stepping into motherhood. Yeah. And when they hurt like that, they're the points, right? Yeah, I was going like, to ask you, what, what points are they? They're actually the points they give you in all the books of labour points. So mm-hmm. they're right underneath your um, ankle bone. Yeah. That point in labour where you press. Oh, yeah. That's your life force point. Uh, so afterwards to get, you know, a bit of chi happening back, you mm. might be really tired and exhausted. <laughs> Those points will hurt. And I remember sometimes even the needle bleeding. Yeah, wow. So it doesn't hurt when those meridians are clear. Okay, so if you do the prep before, then it's a little bit easier. Yeah, just get it all flowing again. And yeah. Plus, second trimester is, oh, it's like a honeymoon. Mm. You know, third trimester for me is not a honeymoon. <laughs> so no. it's coming into that very reality. I think, of, it, yeah, it's so different for everybody, but like you're just really uncomfortable as well or you, you're sick or something, you know. You can feel that transition in your body to I am more wired. I'm mm. more when I'm not doing anything, I've got the energy to keep going. Yeah. It's the nesting, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the cooking hormones. and the preparedness and the ability to suddenly organise clothes. I know, all the stuff that you've been putting off, you yeah. kind of just like, okay, let's get done now. Yeah, 100%. I could write you my diary till due date. It's just beautifully like, yeah, I'm I'm a machine. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that energy is coming from 
that preparedness. That's really exciting. Yeah, and I feel like my daughter might be also challenging me to get ready, different things, like a bit more awake time and Uh, also the one in my belly. Like you start to see these little things like, yeah, I can see how how I'm getting, the body's getting me ready for this, whereas I didn't have the awareness last time. No, and I think, yeah, that's the thing. It's like you really have no idea what to expect or what's happening even to yourself. I know for me anyway, I was a bit like naive with it all. It's a lot more chilled this time. Everyone around me is more chilled about it. Has many, have you had many people ask you like anything, any questions or anything? Or like, you you know how you sort of get pestered a little bit, like first pregnancy people give you like unsolicited advice. (laughs) Like that societal pressure. Yeah. Has anyone been giving you any of that? It's interesting. I haven't maybe had time for it or been open to it, but I haven't had any. Mm, I find that really interesting. The like best, why you not it's like, that? Um, oh, you look swell. How many weeks are you? Wow, that's gone fast. That's, that's And that's it. Yeah. That's good. Um, no one's been asking me, uh, are you having a cesarean? Are you having it? Mm. And they don't say natural now. They say like, because it's all natural, right? It's like, are you having um, vaginal? Yes. Or are you having yeah. cesarean? Yeah. I haven't really had a lot of those conversations. Um, so that's been... That's good because it is it is really personal, you know. You don't really... And even for yourself, like you don't even know what way it's going to go. So you just kind of got to keep an open mind. i got to say I've, I've enjoyed not having the scepticism and the fear and the anxiety I did at the start. Like you've heard in this podcast, I was so fearful of birth. Yeah. And it feels like everything's just chilled and backed off. Oh, that sounds so good. I me. feel like I've got the pressure on myself around the feeding oh, so badly. Mm. You know, obviously you just heard me talk about yeah the potential of that um, tongue and lip tie yeah. and what that all looks like. Mm. I f- still feel like I could put more pressure on myself than anyone could put on myself around the formula versus breastfeeding. And after being a mum who pumped for nine months, mm. I should give myself some grace. <laughs> oh, for sure. I think you just got to go with whatever makes you and the baby happiest. And I'm more open to that perspective this time yeah. than last time. It's funny that you put so much pressure on yourself. And I think that's another like societal thing. It's like, oh, breast is best, you know. It's it's really not. Like at, at this time, like – or I guess at any age in your life, like I'm not going to, like Katrina, I'm like, oh, were you breastfed as a baby? Like it doesn't matter now, does it? Like it really doesn't. And I see like having a child who, you know, you can put um, support through your milk for them when they're sick. That was something to lean into as, and I feel like I've said it before, but you're always provided with anything you need for your child at any time taking away that That's situation right. of milk and food and yeah, just. <sighs> mm, that's a, well, you got a lot going on at the moment. In. Yeah, it's fun. Mm, but it's a very exciting times. Like I'm looking forward to having the little bear here in my arms. Yeah. I really am. Oh, me too, because I can't wait to have newborn snuggles. <laughs> I also feel like I'll be like super less anxious when people hold my baby this time. <laughs> yeah, you'll be like, yeah, please hold my baby. I remember someone telling me at a dinner, oh, first baby, like I didn't even want someone to look at my baby. Second baby, I'm like, here, here, have her, have her. I feel like that's totally with me. I'm I like, could resonate no, with like, that this my time. My here with me, like don't touch my baby, don't look at my baby. If you think about holding my baby, <laughs> Yeah, this time I feel like I could be a lot more chilled. Now I'm like, oh, okay, you want to go with that person over there? Off you go. <laughs> yeah, so Not that, really, you know, I'm safe. but <laughs> no, That will be interesting. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's a really good journey to look 
back on and then learn from and see how yeah. it's changing. But give me some tips. I guess like for me, it's been two years, so I don't really remember all the things I've and I'm, I'm sure I've like subconsciously and consciously forgotten about them. Oh. Where are you at? Like, what am I looking forward to? You know, do you have any postpartum remembrances? I what, feel like give me some, give me something, Brittany. Yeah. It's been a while for me now. It has. 14 months. But it feels like yesterday, right? It does in some senses. Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of it does. And then other times I think about it and I'm like, oh, it feels like a lifetime ago. Um, I don't know, just relax, you know, and try and just do the best you can. Don't put the pressure on yourself. But um, also do your pelvic floor exercises, please, everybody. Now, if you're listening, do your pelvic floor exercises. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I had a lot of issues with that postpartum. And I think like looking back at it now, like I'm pretty good now, but I've done like a lot of work Mm. to get to where I am. So... Um, yeah, if you can start preparing for that now and then in early postpartum, get into that. I feel like pelvic floor exercises sometimes don't get taken as seriously as what they need to get taken. They really don't. And I'm so passionate about it, particularly like for me. So after my birth, I had a, like a, my birth was pretty, I mean, cruisy. Like I didn't have, um, so it was a vaginal birth. I didn't have any like forceps or I didn't have, um, what is it like the suction or anything like that pushed for like just over an hour um and then yeah postpartum like my so my obstetrician books six weeks you book into a women's health physio and she does all that for you um and I was always feeling like really funny and I'm like oh I don't feel right like I don't know what's wrong like you just get like heaviness I couldn't stand at the end of the day like sort of after a couple weeks after birth I still couldn't stand and I'm like I'm looking at you know all the people that I know that had babies and I'm like why am I like this? Like they're up, they're going, they can go for walks, they can do whatever. I'm like, I can't do anything. Um, yeah, so I actually went, I went to the women's health physio. They were really firm with me and I basically had like a partial prolapse. Wow. So my pelvic floor had a lot of laxity in it from birth and that had caused me, I guess, a lot of like, I don't know, trauma down there. I don't know, like... Um, yeah, so I had some issues there. And so the women's health physio that I went to was like, okay, um, I know you don't want to hear this. Like this is really hard to hear, but you need to like not do anything for the next three months. You can't lift anything. Like don't even oh. like lift the groceries. Like be very careful. You have to do these pelvic floor exercises, like three sets like a day. That's pretty much a lot to add on top of everything else. Yeah, right? and then like lay down 20 minutes at the end of the day, feet up, lay down, relax your pelvic floor and – and we have to take that quite seriously because this is your life, this is your body. Yeah, and if you do not do this, you will cause yourself further damage. Did they embed like fear as well? In oh, you? so much fear! Yeah. Like I was, I left there and I was just crying. In a, yeah, hysterics yeah. in a panic. And after that, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go and do these pelvic floor exercises, but you know, when can I come back and see you so that I can make sure that I'm doing them right? It was five months before I could book back in with this person. I was like, are you kidding me? You're just leaving me in the dark. Especially with something so serious. Yeah. So I saw. Through, oh, what um, did you do then? Yeah. So I saw, I saw two. Take other, us through this journey. Two, two other um, women's health physios, and they really helped me. Like, so I tried literally everything. And I'm normally like quite a private person, but talking about this now, I feel like it's so important because other women need to I hear, need to hear this. It, yeah. yeah. Because you have to be so careful. Um, and sometimes there's nothing you can do. Sometimes it's just it's going to happen, yeah. and you just have to deal with that. And, and you just I have guess to repair. It, 
like even having a child vaginally, it could happen at any point. Even just being a woman, it can happen at any point, right? Yeah, and it can happen at any point. And it can also happen if you have a cesarean birth too. Yeah. It's not just a vaginal birth that it can happen. Um, and so, yeah, I went to two other women's health physios um, and they were amazing, both of them, and they really helped me. And I, you know, I've used like TENS machines. I've used, I've done acupuncture. I've done... You know, you're doing kinesiology. Kinesio- and kinesiology, actually, I'll get to that bit, has been a game changer for me. Um, yeah, so I have done all the work, all the exercises, everything. I, st- I still daily will do my exercises. I remember when you stood up and taught me the exercises. Mm. I took it so seriously. I actually haven't heard this journey. So when you stood up and like showed us your sister and I the exercises yeah it was like the instructor was there and you had to watch it it was just I was taken away by it. I probably can't explain it quite in as much detail because I don't know all of the terminology around it. But basically your pelvic floor has lots of different muscles in it and um, you need to strengthen those muscles to strengthen the vaginal walls. And after you have a child, not even just after you have a child, but particularly for me after I'd had a child, um, it the vaginal walls can become quite sort of lax, I guess. Mm-hmm. So um, it just leaves potential for different organs to fall in those walls and um, you need to just build up the strength back up. So that's what I've done and my journey has taken me, I'm still, I still feel like I'm on the journey but I'm like, I'm good now. Like I'm, I've built up the strength and with the kinesiology, I actually had, I had this muscle and I knew my muscle was switched off. I knew it wasn't working my pelvic floor muscle on one side and mm, I was- Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, and I just had this, I guess my intuition told me um, that something wasn't right. I'm like, is there like an energetic block there? Is there something why it's not working? Anyway, I went and saw lovely Barb. Um, oh, yeah, she's, she's, she, she's a queen at this. Yeah, and she put my body structure back together and my entire right side had switched off and my muscle was switched off in my yeah. pelvic floor. I remember that evening after... I had that session of kinesiology and the muscle had been switched on and I did a pelvic floor exercise and I could feel that mm. muscle finally move. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, it's been a big journey and I remember thinking, like, I think back now to, like, six weeks postpartum and just sobbing, like, because I couldn't I couldn't function. I couldn't, use, I couldn't even stand up cook dinner for my family. Like, I couldn't do anything, you know. Did you find that you were able to talk? I feel like you weren't able to talk about it while you're going through it because I'm no. sitting in front of you hearing about most of this for the first time, mm. really processing it. Even though I know at times I got to work on you, but I didn't really have the full understanding. So yeah. I find it's really hard to talk about things while you're going through them and I'm very confident afterwards. Yes. But then when I drop back into them, I'm not, I'm not I can't talk about it. Yeah, it's hard. It's a, I, I probably haven't spoken about the whole journey for a while. Um, it's hard to go back to that space because it was quite dark for me. Yeah. Um, but I think there's healing in talking. Definitely. And I think for me there's healing in letting other women know yeah. that this is a possibility but it's not the end and it but, doesn't mean that your life is going to be like this forever. And if it does happen, here's some alternative options that you haven't thought about possibly. It went to absolutely ripped the fear into me and yeah. I was just like, holy shit. It's like the like, diagnosis. It just yeah. rips the fear into you. All you can feel is that and you just your energy flows all there and it doesn't go anywhere else. Yeah, so when someone tells you, like, don't do anything, don't lift anything but your baby, 
for the next three months. So some other things that I'd um, sort of have heard along my journey is actually for your first 40 days, which will be really good for you. And I know it's really hard and it sometimes isn't the most practical to think about this um, while you're in it. But for the first 40 days postpartum, as you, after you've had your baby, lie down as much as you can. So if you're like, if you're breastfeeding, lay down and feed, side, like learn how to side feed, like while laying on your side. Like if you lay down as much as you can, that will relax your pelvic floor, that will help it rest and that will, you know, help like repair. Because I think you lose a lot of muscle tone as well while you're pregnant. You're not probably doing as much and you the way you move your body, like even just- Did you want to watch me get up? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you want to see where the muscles have gone? That's right. They've gone left and right. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> so you, you just re- have to relearn how to engage in muscles again and get Definitely. it all going. I explained it to a fellow kinesiologist when we were in a training oh, last weekend. It's like the life gets ripped out of you. Yes. But it's, I realized as I said it, that's what happens. This mm. life that's inside of you becomes outside of you. Yeah. And you have the space to fill, I not know. just on a physical, structural level of. I mean, my muscles separate, so getting my mm. muscles back together, yeah. learning how to re-engage. I was so conscious last time that I engaged so strongly first, like I was so strong with my pelvic floor, mm. that it was more dangerous to me six months on. That's a, that's what I wanted to say as well, actually, like with your pelvic floor exercises, you want to like lift in and then you want to like pull up. So you have to get initially postpartum, like you're not going to be able to do it probably. It's just as you exercise the area, you also have to um, like lengthen it and relax it. Yeah. Mm, it's, it's a, it's a journey. But if you like, if you're thinking about having a child, I would go to a women's health physio and they yeah, will assess I you. Yeah. And the, then I know how hard that they are to get into that my yeah. appointment was the day I ended up having Gabriella, so I couldn't oh, even go wow. to my appointment. I, I got into a cancellation a couple of weeks later. It turns out I did Pilates with the lady. So. Oh, wow. But I was like shining colours at that point. I yeah. wasn't six months later. Six months later, I had no muscles there. Mm. You know, I was my shoulders was, you know, my shoulders were so tight. Yeah. It wasn't until I really got myself back together when Barb did a balance getting pregnant to hold this baby mm. in the best possible way that I found all the last little pieces to put back together because I was quite strong by the time I. Yeah. And I think she's very good at putting a structure back together. She did similar for me to like just turn bring, the muscles yeah, back on. Turn it all back on and bring it all back together. So yeah, if you have, if you're having issues and you haven't thought about alternative methods, well, there's a couple just there, acupuncture, kinesiology. Yeah. And it's not just the prolapse. It's also the overtight, like you said. Oh yeah. It helps with anything. Yeah. I feel that, um, I'm really grateful for the conversation around the pelvic floor awareness. Mm. Uh, so more people are talking about it, more is being said about it, and it's not such a unknown activity no, that we hide. Hopefully, yeah, that's right. Hopefully it's not And pretend daunting. it's not happening. <laughs> it actually happens. Like you talk to, you know, the amount of women health physios that I've been to, you talk to a lot of them and they say um, it's very, very common. It's not like. I remember uh, my grandma being in hospital and there was four women there mm. and they were all actually talking about this Yeah, at their age. Yes. And I thought, wow, imagine if this conversation for them had have been at our age. Yeah, and they, you start engaging the muscles now so you, because it, it's quite common for menopausal women to, to get it and I think that's as society as we know it is if you have that issue, if you have a prolapse, you have pelvic floor issues, it's because you're old mm. and like but it's But here's not- the trick, do those exercises every day because it's not – 
it's not a sprint. It's a maintenance. It's a it's marathon. It's maintenance, yeah. And it's just like any muscle, you got to work it. This is every day. Mm, absolutely, yeah. And, um, yeah, I'd, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to share I'll that. just do it while I'm in traffic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I could do it when I'm doing something else. I'm not, like, having to specifically feel like it's a task. Mm. You know, just yeah. doing some right now. Actually, yeah, just go. Yeah, that's right. Do whatever. You feel Although this baby's like sometimes kicking me a I lot think when I do them. Ex- yeah, it would be good because it brings the, the muscles going, so it wakes them <laughs> up. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Bang, bang! <laughs> I hit back. <laughs> that leads us into, I guess, talking about. So I feel like when you're, if you've been through something and like your body doesn't function the way it should, like you don't care about you start to not care about um the way you look or the things you say or how you show up you just seem to like doesn't it feel like everything that no that doesn't actually matter just strips away that's right like and you really come present all you want is your health like if if I can't like care for my family and I can't do the things physically that I would normally do. It's like all you want is to be able to do those things. So the materialistic things. Oh, it can resonate 100%. Yeah, so I think like what would – I often say this to myself and I say this a lot lately too for some reason I feel like I I just – I don't know, I need it. What would happen if I dropped all of my armour or like my – not like a robe, but like, you know, whatever you're holding on to. Like what would happen if you had all the bullshit that you hold on to and all the things mm. that you care about, like the what everyone else thinks? And what would happen if I was authentically myself and I didn't care anymore? I just did whatever I wanted to do. Obviously not harming anybody in doing it, but I just did whatever I wanted to do. Okay. And I just want to ask everyone, what would happen if you did that? What would happen? Like- you would feel amazing. I feel like a lot of weight would be off my shoulders. Like as you say, it, I can it feel, feel the weight coming up. And that's why I say the robe because I'm like, you know, when you're like wearing this big heavy robe or a jacket or something, yeah, and you take it off, you know, it's like, oh my god, I feel so free. So if we were just authentically ourselves and we just did whatever made us happy, and we didn't have to like worry about what we said or what we did made everyone else feel. It's coming from a very empathic place, right? Like yeah. Very, very empaths alert. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Like if you just drop all that shit, like how good would you feel? I could see weights just falling into the ocean. It, it is a really difficult one. We've grown up and brought up in this society where we are taught that we have to be one thing all the time. I, I, I was mm. brought up in this society that you always put on a good face. like you're, Yeah, you have to smile. Even if hello, you're sick, you show yeah, people that you're well. You're well, and, yeah. Yeah. Don't let people know really what's going on. Don't tell people what's going on at home. Don't tell people, you know, what's going on with <laughs> yeah. your health. Like keep that to yourself. But if you keep that to yourself, I think it just manifests in your body and then you end up just feeling like crap all the time. And there's a reason you're going through it. I'm going to say what's coming through for me is like a sense of responsibility that if you're going through something like what you've just shared, which is extremely vulnerable, and I'm so proud of you for sharing that story. Thanks. Because it's, it's certainly going to help me alone, let alone all of our listeners is if you don't learn something and share it, where are you being a leader? Where are you standing up? Yeah. And and showing other people new ways. These new ways are what is shaping our future. That's it's exactly like, right. It's like this new way of prepping for a child. There's just these alternative options available that give you more information to have insight. Mm. It's like having the pelvic floor prolapse. We don't just go 
to one person and rely on them. We go out and source the work and ask where the help is and we try different things. That's right. And trusting your intuition and trusting yourself that you'll get there and you'll find the answer you need. And if you feel like there's another answer, just keep looking. The journey is so confusing when you're in it. You have no idea where to go and you just keep asking for help Mm. and it just keeps showing up, which is miraculous. And you feel good when it shows up, but you feel so lost when it's not there. Yes. And when you know you need something more. You look like a crazy person sometimes. I know. People are like, what is wrong with you? You've got all the answers you need. Just take that and accept it. And it's like, just, no, I will not accept that. Just go and do that. Like, it's going to be fine. Just move on. It's like, uh, there's just so much more to that these days. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I just, I don't know. Like, This is a very big subject in itself. It's but huge. Everyone has something, is going through something that mm. somebody is not aware of. Also, the way you show up and treat people is, is yeah, like come back to that. That's beautiful. Like always giving it like the respect that everyone deserves all the absolutely. time. Absolutely. Like do it, do what you want to do, but do highest. it respectfully. Like, yeah. I'll give you an example. We're at this event on Friday. It was amazing. <laughs> Got to listen to Gay Waterhouse. She is fantastic. What a breath of fresh air. What a vibrant, vibrant, amazing woman. I can see you to light up. To. So much positivity to come from that woman. Oh, that's beautiful. And she changed society for women too. She took, uh, I think because she went to become a first grade horse trainer. Yeah. She's a famous horse trainer for anyone who doesn't know. They call her the first lady of racing. She actually changed all women in Australia to be able to have um, that kind of a job now. Mm-hmm. So she did make a big benchmark for wow. all of us. And I mean, look where she is today. When she was on stage, it was silent and everyone gave her like the respect. The time, but other people. And then every other amazing person that got up there to speak. Uh, they didn't, didn't get in the time. And you never know what story someone's holding mm. because we're all just putting on these fronts of everything's okay. Like, And I think we've spoken about it before too, but it's like the power definitely. of like listening, like just listen to people. Yeah. Like take it all in and give them the respect and hold the space for them. Yeah. And some other really supporting tools uh, coming into aromatherapy. I love aromatherapy. I love oils. I love I've smells. been using this oil so that good. you gave me for pregnancy. I'm I using made, this oil. I made Katrina an oil for her birthday. I customized it for her. Um, and I've actually found it really. Oh, custom oil. Yeah, custom oil. Ooh, your, your own personal <laughs> oil. It was hard to find oil for you because I had to make sure everything was pregnancy safe too. I'm like, yeah, oh. fair point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it smelled, it smelled really nice. Using oils, I don't know, they calm me. Like, But I feel smell. it's supporting me. I can't see or understand why, but it's supporting me. I'm very yeah. cool to that oil. I've got it with me. I don't go anywhere without it. Really? Yeah. Made it with love too. So oh, you can probably feel that in the there. love. <laughs> but just introducing that into your awareness if you don't know much about it. These essential oils are so powerful. Um, I agree. I'm a huge supporter of homeopathics, so you'll hear me talk about homeopathics. Yeah. So my first go-to is essential oils and homeopathics. So when you're looking for an oil, you can't. You want to make sure that they're 100% pure essential oil yeah, yeah. as well. So you don't want to have any nasty stuff in them. Um, yeah, definitely. It has to be good quality. Especially if you're going to start using them in your food and cooking. If you're yeah. getting some oregano and basil. You, lemon you could you can use them in your cooking you can you just gotta make sure they're really good quality definitely um also if you're ingesting them i use clove oil which is called thieves by young living uh, yeah as an antibiotic when i've got a chest infection um, i don't use it while i'm pregnant but mm. i do use it in a capsule as do most of my family around me when they've got a cold yeah. might just take it as support getting feeling yeah. a little bit fluey mm. um so that's my go-to for cold and flu but we will share in the show notes a really nice 
one from this book mm. uh, for adults for cold and flu and yeah. for young children for cold and flu. So two separate yeah. recipes to be aware of there um, that we will share in the show notes. And that's the thing I think too with like children, when you're using them with children, you really have to be careful with what you can use on them and the age. Yes. I think it's not... F- I this think it's book from has like a section of two onward, and this book has a child section. So you'll notice, like I've seen in there, that my daughter has an insomnia one that we use, but we use it in her bathtub. Yeah, like highly diluted, but yeah. still gets yeah. the effects of it. Yeah, and that's the thing. And you put them in a carrier oil too. Don't directly put them on your skin either. So you yeah. just mix it with an oil. So there's a remedy for everything in here. <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for tuning into us today. We hope that you have enjoyed our messages and our stories so far. And thank you for coming on this journey with us. We loved having you here. And if you want to follow or connect with us, uh, we are on Instagram at Just Two Mediums. And may you be blessed in light, love and abundance.